This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and a rather wet welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. I'm staring out at a very damp looking Old Trafford. Uh, the rain is falling, the wind is blowing, it looks thoroughly bleak out there. They did manage 44 overs play somehow in between the showers. Actually, this morning was actually very pleasant, and then it just gradually got worse during the day. And, in fact, in the end, the players were very pleased to get off the field. They were A lot of them were shivering, the bells were blowing off, umpires' caps were blowing off, plastic sweet wrappers and crisp wrappers were blowing across the field. It shows something about a batsman's focus, actually, when they can see a, a crisp wrapper long off and it puts them off as the bowl is running in. But there we are. It was that sort of day. And Australia definitely had the best of it, 170 for three. Is that what you made of it? Yeah, welcome to Test Cricket in the North in September. Oh, to be fair, you know, it can rain on any day of the year in in the UK. Um it can be cold, it can be warm any day, but I suppose, you know, you do take a bit of a risk if you play in September, but it was just one of those days, wasn't it? A you know, horrendous day for playing cricket, and I think Australia have sown the seeds here for a potential victory. Now, we've got to be cautious, of course, after what happened at Headingley, that amazing England fight back, but I think that's a pretty good day for Australia. They scored quickly, they made the most of their opportunities, and I thought there were quite a lot of opportunities for them to score today, a lot of poor deliveries. But you tell me, what's it like bowling in really windy conditions? Yeah, it's not fun. But you have to get on with it. And actually, I think if you focus on your job, then you do, the wind becomes less of a factor. Uh, and it, it, you can allow it to affect you, I think, more than is perhaps necessary. It, it, you know, it is bad when it's gusty, like it was today. But I thought England started disappointingly, actually. I, well, I, I say that. Um, Stuart Broad was excellent, got David Warner out in the first over. Uh, Warner. Uh, 
sort of averages something like 11 in the series, even though he's made one score. So he's had a nightmare against Broad round the wicket. And then Marcus Harris was out LBW. But Broad, excellent. But Jofra Archer just wasn't with it. And it's a shame because... You know, you sort of look at a bowler like that, you look at an athlete like that, and you think, well, what, what incredible potential, what a discovery, what a revelation for the game. This duel with Steve Smith is going to set the, the ground and the, the country alight again. And it just it fizzled out like a damp firework. Uh, he only bowled seven balls to Smith in that first session before lunch. Oh, he just wasn't on it today, and, and he wasn't on it from ball one, really. And I, I sort of sympathise in a way, because, uh, you know, it was obviously very gusty wind knocking him off balance, and it was damp underfoot, so you're not quite sure about your footholds. But still, you'd have thought, an Ashes contest, uh, in a way, the climax, the Ashes on the line, uh, this duel between him and, he, and Steve Smith also eagerly anticipated. And yet he, he bowled sort of military medium pace for most of it. And I think it, it sort of showed in a way what can happen when a player isn't steeped in the ashes from birth, like many of the players have been. In fact, I heard Nasser saying on commentary, actually sort of sounding almost apoplectic, saying, it's the ashes, it's the ashes, you'll be tar- charging into bowl and bowling at 90 miles an hour. In fact, he hasn't bowled at 90 miles an hour since Lords. Even at Headingley, where obviously he bowled very, very well, he didn't get the speed gun past 90 miles an hour as he did sort of 20-odd times at Lords. So, you know, bowlers like him need the specific conditions, external circumstances to all fit together in a way for him to produce that 90-mile-an-hour spell or 90-mile-an-hour-plus spell. And, and today, he was actually innocuous. Yeah, one of the things I f- felt about watching it, the, the worst conditions, I think, possible in which to play cricket, in which to bowl, you know, windy, you get blown off course a bit, and it's really cold. I, I know say, they're professionals, you have to get on with it, but those sort of things do affect in the same way that if, if you play in the, you know, 35 degree, 90% humidity, heat of Colombo, you know, it's really tough for fast bowlers. I mean, Jimmy Anderson, for example, barely played in the, in the Sri Lanka, England series. You know, those conditions are really tough for, for fast bowlers in a different way. Uh, but I thought actually all round England bowled poorly and it may well have been the conditions, you know, that whole thing about just being blown off course. There were so many four balls on offer. I mean, even after Craig Overton bowled that absolute jaffer to get rid of Labuschagne, Travis Head comes in and he bowls him a leg stump half volley to get off the mark, a nice friendly delivery. So uh, and again, whether that is just battling against the wind and it causes those problems. You end up bowling poorly. You end up losing your line, perhaps your length as well. I don't know, but it seemed like that because there were so many free balls on offer from England today, and Australia scored quickly and put themselves in a in a good place. I mean, just just technically, Yozza, just from a technical point of view, bowling in the wind. What's it like? Well, particularly, it's bad when it's a crosswind and also when it's gusty, because bowlers like to run up uh, and land in the same spot each time. And you can see, actually, if you, if you look at a, a test match day, you can see all the bowlers' run-ups, you know, separately because they've landed in the same spot time after time after time. And what uh, the strong wind does is it just blows you slightly off course and then you've got to try and fight against the wind to get back on course to land in that same spot. And sometimes it just makes you land slightly wrongly and you uh, quite often what happens is you start digging a bit of a hole and then... Because 
because the wind suddenly gusts, you land on the edge of the hole. So your foot comes down and jars a bit earlier than you're expecting because you're landing it on the side rather than in the middle of this hole. Uh, so that means that, that just corrupts all your rhythms, uh, makes you bowl a different length, often a different line. And the other thing is if it suddenly gusts as you're just in your delivery stride, pointing your you know, left leg and left arm up towards the sky, uh, slightly on one leg briefly, you get that gust, it knocks you off balance. So you end up falling away slightly or falling towards the umpire, whichever way the wind's blowing, and that just uh, disrupts your line. So your length and your line are totally disorientated by gusty wind. So can you make excuses for England's bowling today? Yes, you, you can. Uh, and actually, the other thing to say is it was a pretty good pitch, actually. Uh, mm. It played pretty flat. It was a good t- toss to win. Uh, you know, bowlers going off and having to come back on again. And you, when you're bowling with a slight bit of grease on the surface, you're not quite sure about your grip as well. Your studs get damp. I sound like I'm making millions of excuses. Bowlers always do. But it was a, a, a pretty tough day for bowlers. And you have to hand it to both Steve Smith and also his, his look-alike, Marnus Labashain, because they just dug in, they gave the, the bowlers nothing, they knocked away the bad balls, of which, as you say, there were probably a few too many. Labashain, ten boundaries, Smith, seven. Uh, I thought once or twice Smith looked a little uncertain around just outside off stump and left a couple which were a little close to the stumps, but there just wasn't enough consistent serious questions asked by the bowlers and, and Smith played as Smith does. I thought Labashain said something really interesting afterwards you know talk about you know coming on and off the whole time does that disrupt a batsman he said in a way it's quite a good thing for a batsman because it means you refocus and you actually force yourself to concentrate that bit harder when you come back whereas perhaps in, in the middle of your innings you're into the flow you know, it's, it's easy to get a bit distracted or you get a bit overconfident. Whereas if you're coming back on and off the whole time, you're, you're starting again, aren't you? And, and you've got that, that mindset of starting and you, you perhaps play in that slightly more cautious way. And, and, and it really worked for him. What a fantastic series he's been having. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, how Archer's ball to Smith, you know, took Smith out of the rest of that Laws Test match and out of the Headingley Test match, which, of course, England went on to win. But what it also did was it opened the door for Labuschagne, who has, you know, actually filled his boots. So I, well, he hasn't quite filled his boots, but he's made significant contributions in every single innings that he's played so far. I think we should just, uh, just assess the state of the game. It doesn't feel as though, it might not feel as though it's progressed that much but you know not that many overs you know barely half a, a day's play in terms of overs Australia 170 for three that they're quite a long way down the road of getting a decent score on the board and Justin Langer was talking before the match about you know when we get 300 plus on the board you know we normally go on to win a test match I mean you can see Australia here scoring 400 and if they do that then there's going to be a lot of pressure on England. Okay, they might have to fight against the the weather. I understand Friday the weather forecast is not particularly good. But Jack Leach was introduced fairly early on today and he got a couple to turn. And you're talking about the first day and, you know, the pitch is dry. Lyon could, you know, come into it, really could come into it at the back end of the game because we said that about Headingley as well and well, we only got to the end of the fourth day there but you know Lyon could be a threat he was definitely a threat at Edgbaston where the ball turned on the final day uh, you know, we're throwing ahead a long way here or I'm throwing ahead a long way here I can just see a scenario where on the final day of this match England are battling 
to save themselves in this Ashes series, battling to save themselves from defeat. It's not easy to see England winning from here unless they have a really good morning with the ball on the second day. Yeah, I think you're right. And I felt uh, I spent a bit of time actually uh, sort of behind the scenes in uh, ECB hospitality talking to one or two old players. It's quite nice to see actually a a player that I once played with in a a match in India, a five-day match, Jack Simmons, famous old flat Jack who famously had his lunch and tea at Old Trafford and then a few kind of sandwiches after play in the dressing room. And then he had to have a massive portion of fish and chips at the end of the day as well, usually near Blackpool Pier, where, near where he lived. So a lovely character, good spinner, good spin bowler, great kind of stalwart of Lancashire for many years. And he, he looked a bit gloomy after the first day's play and sort of thought England are going to do well to to battle out of this. And there was Graham Gooch there as well, who actually just sort of thought, hmm, you know, England, he worries about their batting and the the, the, the ability to stay in for long periods. He doesn't think that necessarily Jason Roy moving down the order is going to make any difference. We'll see uh, if it does. But he sort of feels that he's someone who needs to find a game plan for test cricket and... He hasn't uh, certainly found it yet. Uh, So England are going to have to do a lot of very good batting in this match when they get the chance. They've got to try and get a lead, I suppose. Well, I mean, essentially, they've got to make sure they don't lose initially. But the trouble is you don't want to set out with that in mind, do you? Because if you set out not to lose, you generally do. Yeah. You know, they, they wouldn't say it. But, I mean, I think from here... I mean, it's probably a bit early to say. Let's face it, it's a bit early to say. 170 runs on the board. Australia collapse on the, the second day. And England you know, might well get a lead. But it, it just looks a good enough pitch to get a decent score on the board. But back end of the game, I think there's going to be help for the spinner. And Australia, I think, have, you know, they've, at last, they've unleashed the Stark. You know, they, they, they brought Stark into their side. It's a good attack. Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins, Lyon. There's plenty of threat there for this you know, iffy England batting lineup, So there's going to be a real challenge there ahead for England. But, I mean, the pitch, you know, it does look a decent enough surface. Talk about it speeding up a bit, quickening up a bit on the, the second day, especially, you know, if they can get a bit of, of sun on it. So, uh, you know, there's the challenge for England in their first inning, 67 all out at Headingley. We'll have to do, you know, a whole lot better just to just keep themselves in this test match, keep themselves in the game, which is what they didn't seem to do at, at Headingley. But, of course, then they had the miracle of Ben Stokes on the on the final day. Steve Smith, uh, Yoz, uh, it's just, a, it is remarkable, actually. You know, he was hit, hit on the head by Archer. He's, OK, he's had the break. He's come back in and it doesn't look as if anything has changed at all. No, you're quite right. In fact, uh, one little statement about today was whatever England threw at him, he repelled and often knocked it to the boundary, even when a beach ball came bowling over from the the new stand, the big stand across the the ground, and he just did a little paddle sweep and hit that for four as well. (laughs) So he's, he's an amazing character whose mannerisms and eccentricities seem to double by the day. You know, there were some weird eccentric leaves today and one shot sort of where both feet, he lost his footing completely as he drove Ben Stokes through the offside. So he was almost, it was like a falling square drive. But he gets his bat in the right place. He doesn't get his feet or sometimes even his head in the right place, but his bat definitely goes in the right place and so does the ball. 
he seems to have remarkable hand-eye coordination. He, he's one of those players, I was thinking about this today while I was watching him, that if his eyes go, which sometimes happens to players, doesn't it, in, you know, in mid-30s, then his game might completely fall apart because he'll start getting out LBW the whole time and things like that. But while those eyes are still good, and that hand-eye coordination is remarkable because he doesn't get his feet in the conventional positions. Those those square drives, as you say, that one where he actually fell over playing that square drive is astonishing stroke. He also was getting right under Archer's short balls as well, wasn't he? Uh, he was swaying a bit at Lords and he got hit. I think he, he looks to me as though I tell you, you know, it's the same old Steve Smith. It looks to me as if he's getting right underneath the Archer's short ball. That's his way of playing it. Get low, uh, get it, get you know, make it go right over the top rather than just. You know, sometimes batsmen keep their eye on it and just sway out the line a bit. It looks as though he might, might have made a slight adjustment. Yeah, I think he was helped here by the consistency of the bounce. Old Trafford does bounce very regularly. When you bang it in short, it gets up. And at Lords, the problem he had was after lunch on the Saturday, the ball wasn't always bouncing when it was short, partly because the ball was soft and partly because the pitch just had a little hint of uneven bounce. But this one is very trustworthy at the moment. I think it's a very good toss to win for Australia. Yeah, it looks to me like that. I, I think I sense Root as well. He really wanted to win it. I, there were quite a lot of people sort of looking at the toss uh, this morning, you know, milling around. You know, there's always lots of people out there, but there's a lot of interested parties. You know, it felt doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes it's a good toss to lose. Today, it really felt like, you know, you want to win that toss and bat first. But uh, looking out at Old Trafford at the moment, it looks like Armageddon. <laughs> so I'm not sure <laughs> when we're going to play again, but let's hope it all blows away and we restart in the morning and with slightly calmer conditions, England's bowlers can refocus and try and grind Australia down for under 300. That's what they need to do. And we'll speak to you this time tomorrow reporting, hopefully, better news. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.